All right, everybody, welcome back to the Northwest Convergence Zone Show, where all things come together. This is Big D here with you for another weekly show of the Northwest Convergence Zone. It's good to have everybody in. Uh, it's time to put away the post-holiday blues and get you guys back on track. And we got a big show for you today. We've got the uh, Big Wheel Stunt Show, a local band coming in to uh, talk about their music. Ichabod Kane's checking in with us from Hawaii. And author Tim Dorsey, who's got a brand new book out, also uh, checked in with us. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, we have a, we have a little issue here on the Northwest Convergence Zone show. There's this thing going around called the, uh, the Big Fluski. And Big Joe's got it. Big Joe, where are you? I am currently in quarantine. No, not in the city of destiny. I'm in the smaller city of Bonnie Lake tonight at the homestead, uh, getting off the deathbed to do the show. So post-New Year's greetings and salutations, as always, to everyone in the city of destiny. All right. Well, Joe, it's, uh, I'm sorry you couldn't be in here today, but thank you for joining us on the phone. And uh, also, I'm not on the phone. I'm in the bathroom, <laughs> talking from the throne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, of course, always with us, Double D. How are you, Double D? Pleasure to be here. Good. And uh, back on the boards is, of course, Wonder Boy and Squeeze doing all the technical wizardry that they do. They've had to do a lot today, so we appreciate all of that. Yeah. And um, so, Big Joe, you got the uh, the big flu. How long you been knocked out, buddy? Uh, this is the fourth day. I'm starting to make a little bit of a comeback, but uh, I'm still got some of the symptoms. But some of the worst symptoms have uh, have subsided, thank God, because they're the ones that uh, you know you really want to get rid of first, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> a lot of rainbow yawning. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, uh, before we get into uh, our show, I just want to ask you about something that's been going on. You're a huge Seahawk fan, big Seahawk uh, supporter. What do you make of the Mora, the Jim Carroll thing going on? Well, there's uh, a lot of lot of confusion, a lot of stuff up in the air. I'm uh, not sad to see Mora go. I don't. Did think I say should've... Jim Carroll? I meant Steve Carroll. Uh, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I don't think that they should have went with Mora in the first place. And I think uh, a lot of the uh, True Blue Seahawk fans would say, why are they going to do all this stuff with Carroll when they could have just done it with Holmgren? Now, what is his real name? Uh, his real name is Pete. Pete Carroll. <laughs> As in Pete Townsend of the Who. That's right. I was, just, I was testing your ability to, uh, I want to see what mental state you're in, so I was throwing you the wrong name, see if you caught that. <laughs> I'm mental, but... <laughs> All right. Well, on the big program today, you know we like to uh, showcase local musicians, bands, uh, artists, and so forth. And uh, actually, Double D and I got to catch these guys on, it was the uh, New Year's Eve. Yes, New and Year's Eve. We went down to the world-famous Bob's Java, Java Jive, Jive, and we saw the Big Wheel Stunt Show do their thing. Very impressive band. They're a relatively new band. They uh, they do stay busy, and they are around quite a bit. I highly recommend you check them out if they come into your area or make the trip to see them. And they have a MySpace page. It's Big Wheel Stunt Show on MySpace. And uh, they stopped in the studio, and here's what we talked about. Hey, this is Big D, and we are in the studio with a local band, Big Wheel Stunt Show. And they have been around about as long as we have. They haven't been, uh, they've been together for about... Uh, six seven months i believe and they are uh 
in Bremerton, Tacoma, all around. Double D and I got a chance to see them on New Year's Eve. It was, uh, it was a great show. Yeah, it was a great show. Yes. It's good to have these guys in. Evan, the guitar player, can't be here with us, but Mike on bass and Justin, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thank you very Thank much. You so, Good Big Wheel Stunt Show, tell us about uh, how you guys got together, um, when, it, uh, when it happened, and how you found each other. Well, let's see, pretty much February of uh, last year, wintertime, started uh, just jamming. We hadn't met Justin yet. Uh, me and a buddy of mine out in Gig Harbor looking for something new to do musically, and met Evan through Craigslist, pretty much. And, Good old uh, Craigslist. Yeah. Good old Craigslist, yeah. Mm -hmm. Craigslist seems to be the hotspot for the bands. <laughs> and so you met Evan, you guys got together, you're jamming, and then, uh, oh, we need a drummer? Yeah, we had a guy on drums, and he uh, cussed up. <laughs> yeah. You know? He, <laughs> I got you. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, it wasn't working, so Justin, yeah. how do you find these guys? Uh, we actually played a gig together. A friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, uh, had hired these guys, uh, Evan on drums and Mikey on bass, for a couple weekend shows. And um, called me up and said, you know, come up and sing, you know, sing a couple sets. And so jammed with these guys for the weekend. And, I mean, you know, I didn't even touch the drums. But we had such a good time that, you know, by the end of the weekend, they were like, hey, man, we got to get together and you know they gave me their demo and said hey you think you can play these songs and one thing said, led to another sure. and yeah. there you go well, we didn't even know he played drums is that right yeah, <laughs> he, was he was just he was singing at the front time. guy type yeah because you know you sing some off of the play and sing a little bit right now with the band don't you yeah kind of pretty a, much at least backup vocals on yeah. pretty much every song and we got a couple couple songs that we do live now that I, I sing. Don Henley type thing sure okay. there you go <laughs> so um, let's go into uh, a song. This is called Answer the Door. This is Big Wheel Stunt Show. And that was Answer the Door, Big Wheel Stunt Show in here. There are our guests today. And we have uh, Mikey, who's uh, Mike on the bass, and Justin on the drums. Now, the name Big Wheel Stunt Show, how did you guys come up with that? What, what is this, what's the meaning behind that? Uh, did you guys all own big wheels <laughs> as well, kids? Yeah. Well, I, who didn't? I mean, of course. Yeah. I went through yeah. quite a few sets I, of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, when there was a, you know, a little different band makeup, it was called Big Wheel Stunt Squad. Okay. And then when we changed, we switched to a three-piece uh, instead of, you know, getting into arguments and debates and stringing things out, uh, we decided to, you know, tweak the name. And, and you went uh, with this Big Wheel Stunt show. Yeah. And then actually, the first time we wrote it out, it was like, okay, this actually kind of looks cooler, you know. And yeah. Well, uh, the question I have, who does your um, advertising, your flyers, your your posters? Who's who's behind that? Those those are some really good really good mostly art that's good artwork justin, we enjoy that stuff mostly justin i've thrown a couple together but is that right yeah those are good we cool. we were looking at those on myspace and uh that was very good and speaking of myspace your myspace uh page is big wheel stunt show at, at myspace cool. you've got uh, all your tunes up there the tunes that we're playing here are not available on a cd you guys are working on a cd correct correct right now yeah just in the studio just in the, the past couple days here. studio with tony reed up at temple, temple great sound yeah but the music we're playing here today they can go to your website and, and listen to them or download them on there or whatever. Uh, well, let's go into another one. This is Bounty Hunter. Easy 
And that's Bounty Hunter in studio guest, Big Wheel Stunt Show. I got a couple of uh, Big Wheel trivia things that I uh, looked up Great. for you. Some things you guys might find interesting. Do you know that last year was the 40th anniversary of the Big Wheel? Cool. <laughs> and uh, actually, yeah, it came out in 1969. Also, right now on Amazon, you can get an original Big Wheel. Cost 145 bucks. Is like, that all? That's it. I don't. Wow. I couldn't find out how much they were originally when they came out, like when we were kids. But if you're interested, they do have full size Big Wheels for adults, uh, maximum 175 pounds. So obviously, I can't be on one. <laughs> Maybe we can get two for you. <laughs> yeah, I could get two and put one foot on each one. Anyway, 300 bucks online. Yikes! So the Big Wheels are still uh, being represented. They're out Are there. they constructed like the kid versions with the plastic? Uh, well, they the, the adult size. They have actual uh, wheel wheels. You know, like cool. um, yeah. Yeah, tire, tires and not the plastic ones. Just add motor. Yeah, add motor and truck <laughs> on. That that'd be a that'd be a yeah. job for Double D. Yeah, I'll start working on that one. <laughs> so now you guys where, buy me one and then I'll do it. Where well. do you guys mostly play? What are, what are some of the venues you guys have been playing in? Uh, here in Tacoma, the Java Jive, New Frontier. Uh, We've played Seattle, you know, the Central, Club Motor, High Dive. So around the, the Northwest. Fuel. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys staying pretty busy? Get Every weekend. Every weekend? We're Great. You guys had there. a show last night? Yeah. That was in Bremerton, I believe? Yeah. And there's a big show coming up that we're going to get to in just a moment. But uh, before we get into that, let's go into the, the last song we have here. This is Dr. Dollar Sign. That was Dr. Dollar Sign. In studio with us is the Big Wheel Stunt Show, Mike and Justin. And, of course, Evan, the lead singer and guitar player, can't be here. Now, you guys have, you guys have an interesting sound that we really like. It's, uh, it seems to be a mix of some rock, some old-school rock, along with some maybe a little bit of southern flavor in there. How would you guys describe your sound? Unpredictable. <laughs> is it different? Rockin', moon different, rock. We call it moon rock. <laughs> different live than what we hear? Mm, hopefully not. We're, uh, we're trying to... You know, what you hear is what you get, and with the new stuff, too, I think it's even better at getting our sound recorded. So now the CD that you're working on, is that going to be an actual CD that you're going to press, sell it, and everything? Oh, yeah, and, and we're hoping to have vinyl, too. And when, when's projected date on that coming out? Hopefully by March, when we head back down to Austin. Okay, well... So we have something to put in the gas tank. <laughs> well, when March comes around, let us know. We'll uh, we definitely like a copy, and then we'll oh, yeah. we'll push some copies uh, on our website and uh, let people know that it's out there. I assume it'll be available on your website. Oh yes, and uh, maybe get into like Rocket Records and some of those places. So yeah, we'll do every available you know anything that we can do to get it out there. We'll We're good marketers, but we are one of the poorer bands here in the Puget Sound, which is actually saying a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys stay busy. I've noticed on your site, you guys uh, you guys keep busy. Now, um, where do you guys, uh, you guys probably have day jobs. You guys want to give a shout out to anywhere you work, what you guys are doing? I just play music. You're just a, you're a musician? Yes. Being supported by <laughs> the uh, music? Fantastic wife. There you go. 
<laughs> Jolien. Mike? Uh, I'm kind of, I'm retired. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's a nice oh, spot yeah. to be. Yeah. So. And Evan, I think he has a job over in uh, Bremerton. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so very good. Well, Big Wheel Stunt Show, I think uh, I can highly recommend their show. Uh, we've seen it, right, Double D? Yep. Yeah, it's good stuff. Go to their MySpace page, which is Big Wheel Stunt Show, MySpace, and uh, look look at where they're going to be. Go check them out. And the show that we want to really talk about right now is one that's coming up on the 15th, and that is this Friday. And we also have in the studio a couple of uh, guests that are also going to be performing Kevin is coming back from the uh, Vile Red Falcons. Good to have you, Kevin. And also we have with us uh, Brayson from the Midnight Salvage Company, which we have not had on our program yet. So, uh, Brayson, it's good to have you guys. So, uh, Kevin, tell us a little bit about this uh, invasion of Tacoma that's coming up. It's going to be at the Showbox Soto, right? Yep. Down in, uh, up in Seattle. And on Friday, what are we, we going to see? Uh, it's it's going to be all Tacoma. So, you know, the three bands, us, us three bands are all from Tacoma, which I think is kind of different because usually the show box tends to have Seattle bands thrown in there. So we, uh, we kind of purposely, once we got the, the go-ahead from the folks at Showbox, we kind of purposely made it a Tacoma, you know, Tacoma-only show. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. going to be great. And Brayson from the Midnight Salvage Company, what can you tell us about uh, your band? We have not had the uh, – I've actually been on your MySpace page and listened to some of it. I find it um, excellent and well-represented of the Tacoma bands that are out there. We have some great bands. Uh, what are you guys uh, What are you guys playing? I mean, we, we're just a uh – straightforward kind of rock and roll band i mean in the spirit of not even close but like a, a tom petty kind of thing mm-hmm. when we first started out i thought it might go a little too alternative country but it's pretty much straightforward kind of rock and roll great and so it'll just be the three bands so the big wheel stunt show vile red falcons and the midnight salvage company that's coming up this friday how much are the tickets nine <clears throat> dollars nine dollars in, in advance i think they're 11 when you get there at the door Eleven at the door. Yeah. So the yep. advanced tickets, you guys selling those? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you can get you know tickets from us. It's on our vileredfalcons dot com. Okay. Website. Yeah. And uh, we will be posting the um, the flyer that you guys have printed up. That'll be on our website. And so those of you who are in Tacoma want to make the trip up there. I mean, that's a great venue. The uh, the Showbox Soto and um, it. You know, go rep, go support the local bands, support the, the invasion of Tacoma. And you guys that are up in Seattle, stop in and see what we've got to offer. We've got great bands down here. I know a lot of you don't take the trip down here too often, but we're going to send them up there. And it would be great if you could stop in and check them out. And so we want to thank Brayson, Kevin, Mike, Justin for coming in. And uh, Big Wheel Stunt Show, it's been a great uh, time with you guys. Thanks keep, for having us. Keep rocking, and uh, we'll have you guys oh, yeah. back in. As soon as you get your CD up, let us know. And those of you out there, keep an eye out. In the meantime, go to their MySpace page. MySpace, Big Wheel Stunt Show. They have the player on there. Check them out, and um, we'll have you guys back in when it's over. Don't forget the 15th. We'll see you there. Thanks. Thank you. So that was a Big Wheel Stunt Show, local band, and then also we had Kevin dropping in here and the uh, the Salvage Company. We haven't had those guys on before, so we're going to invite them back in. Looking and talk. forward to seeing them. Yeah, they've got uh, they got a great sound, man. And that, that concert up there in Seattle that they're putting on this uh, Invasion of Tacoma thing, if you can at all make it, I highly recommend it. Those are three bands worth seeing. But, of course, as always on our program, and we're doing it via the phone with Big Joe, we got to do birthdays. Absolutely. So this week in uh, this week in birthdays, of course, we always start with those who are living, and this being January, 
We got some birthdays. You see these guys walking around, pat them on the back, tell them happy birthday. In fact, this guy was just in town, born on January 10th, 1949, which would make him 61. One of my absolute all-time favorite boxers, George Foreman. Yeah. And he was just at the Emerald Queen uh, helping his son, who's trying to start a boxing career. Also, yeah. lift your grills up and salute. He's actually made a lot of money on those grills. Uh, this week, also in uh, the Birthdays of the Living, a couple of couple of blowhards on the radio. You got to respect them, even if you don't like them. January twelfth, nineteen fifty-one. Rush Limbaugh is going to be fifty-eight. That's right. All you ditto ads. Also on the twelfth. Now this is a weird coincidence. Born three years later on in nineteen fifty-four. Howard Stern. Yeah. Going to be 55, man. So Rush and Howard, born on the same day. Polar opposites, but uh, amazing broadcasters. Nonetheless, they've really, for good or bad, however you see it, changed the landscape of uh, radio everywhere. But uh, now we got to go into the uh, birthdays of the uh, the dead, Joe. That's right. We have to go to the other side, which I've been close to in the last four days. <laughs> but I think I'm. I think I'm coming back. We don't. The we light. don't want to add you to that list, Joe. Yes, no, me neither. <laughs> well, let's start with a really important one, a, a big one. January fifteenth, nineteen twenty-nine. The Right Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, of course, would have been eighty years old. So, in your uh, your holiday shopping, when you brought, when you're buying a new iPod, think of uh, MLK a little bit. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Uh, January 15th also, going from uh, one extreme to the other, on uh, the year 1913, Lloyd Bridges would have been 96 years old. He is Mike Nelson, of course, of Sea uh, Hunt fame, father of Jeff and Bo, and of course he was up in the tower guiding Ted Stryker, Robert Hayes, to a safe landing in the 1980s classic Airplane. That was a great, uh, what a great that's one of my Movie. favorite movies right there. Yeah, Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Victor Vector. Right. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, this is a special one for uh, Double D. Uh, January 16th, 1853. Uh, quite a fine set of tires, uh, a little out of my price range usually. usually. <laughs> I guess I'd be down there at uh, Les Schwab with, uh, with Double D. Does the name Michelin ring a bell? The Michelin Man. The yes. Michelin Man. That's what he was. Andre Michelin of France. He would be 156 years old. Very good. And that is the birthdays from beyond. <clears throat> yes. Well, uh, also another feature that we have in our program that we're going to get to here before we get into Ichabod and, uh, and Tim Dorsey. This week in rock and roll, man, there's all kind of history going on. First of the year, lots of stuff happening, and what's going on this week, Joe? Well, uh, as many of you know or don't know, uh, Friday, January 8th, was the King's birthday, which I celebrated by sleeping for about 22 hours. Kind of like he used to. (laughs) That's right, and I couldn't even have a peanut butter and banana sandwich, though I I really (laughs) wanted one. Uh, But today's day in music history, January 10th, 1956, the King made his first recordings for RCA at the Methodist TV radio studios. <laughs> That's apropos. In Nashville, Tennessee. And he laid down this little ditty you're listening to called Heartbreak Hotel, and the rest, as they say, is history. That's right, man. I mean, he went on from there to just into the stratosphere. Yep. So the King making a uh, presence. At 75, he'd be 75 years old. Wow. 
if he would have lived. What a mind blower. Yeah, that, it would be amazing to see what he'd be doing if uh, if he was still around. I wonder if he'd be performing or, you know, like Frankie, Frankie uh, Sinatra performed right up to the end. Right, or like Chuck Berry still trying to hang in there now. Yeah, Little Richard, all those guys. So even Jerry Lee Lewis put, pulls out the old uh, piano and bangs it for a while. Well, rest in peace, King, and uh, that is Rock History for today. All right, very good. Well, you know, we like to uh, get in touch with the Northwest legends and personalities and, you know, TV, radio, all of that. And this week we have a very special guest, this guy... Um, Joe, you remember him from the KJR days. Yes, I do. That's where I listen to him. And Yeah, and he's got a great story, and right now uh, he's in Hawaii. Ichabod Kane just ended his 20-year-plus uh, stint on KMPS. He's been around the Northwest for years and years and years, always a favorite of ours. And uh, we got in touch with him in Hawaii, and here's what he had to say. All right, this is Big D, and today, of course, on the program, we are pleased as punch to have another Northwest legend with us. This guy needs no introduction, although we've just told you all about him. Just finished up a stint of 20-plus years at KMPS. It's none other than Ichabod Kane calling us from Hawaii. Ichabod, how are you, my friend? Aloha, mahalo, and alamoana. <laughs> Does that mean big fat whale? <laughs> no, no. That well, aloha means aloha is the greatest word ever. It's like hello, goodbye, love. It's fabulous. Mahalo is thank you, and I threw in Alamoana because that's a shopping center right across from me where my wife is right now. Oh, good. Scallops is over there spending the retirement fund. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and I'm. Uh, I was just discussing with a friend. This is fascinating. I found out there's quite a few homeless folks uh, in Hawaii, right? Okay. I had no idea that California gave a lot of homeless people a one-way ticket to Hawaii years ago. Man, I wish I'd been in on that. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm, and now, but what's interesting is this is this. I was having a discussion with this local guy. So if I sound a little bit pigeon every now and then, it's because I was talking to him. <laughs> but now all the locals want to send the homeless back to California and honor them in the way that they honored, you know, Hawaii, so to speak. Well, not honor, but you follow what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying. That anyway, is... so much, so much. Everywhere we go, you know, you know, paradise is is where you make it. You know. Yes, exactly. Well, uh, Ichabod, you have a an absolute storied history here in the Northwest, but let's go back to the beginning. Tell us where you grew up and uh, your first love of radio. How did this come about? Well, I was uh, born in Forks. Uh, if Scallops, my wife, was here, she'd want me to give a shout-out to Twilight. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, second grade, we moved to Port Townsend, and I grew up there, um, loved it. I don't know if you know where Fort Warden is, but back then it was a diagnostic and treatment center for juvenile delinquents, and my dad worked there. Is that right? Uh, yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> that's just funny. Grew up in an area with, with surrounded by juvenile delinquents, and <laughs> being one myself, but I wasn't actually incarcerated. I just delivered the newspaper to them and scuba, did a lot of scuba diving in that area. Grew up uh, uh, playing uh, music was kind of my love, you know, uh, right. playing in various rock bands and such, and then uh, uh, realized I, I, boy, I probably should try to make a living, and so went to a broadcasting school in Seattle and then uh, got into radio and just just loved it. I thought, well, this is the coolest thing ever, playing music and 
you know, and chumming with folks and developing a relationship with them and joking and carrying on and uh, started in Bellingham, went to Spokane, sort of did the, you know, the minor league thing and then always wanted to work at KJR, which was a legendary rock station back yes. when. Well, they're on the FM dial, but now, but on the, in the day they were on AM and uh, I got to work there and uh, had the pleasure of being fired, you know, and until you've been blown <laughs> out of a couple of places, you really haven't experienced, uh, you know, radio to its max. Exactly. Then, uh, then uh, did a stint at a rock station, Tacoma KNBQ, and then got a gig at KMPS, and, uh, which was country, which was a new change for me, but, well, this was now, you know, over 20 years ago. But absolutely fell in love with it because of the, I sort of share the same philosophy about love of, you know, God, family, country, apple pie, Chevrolet, and, and it just fit. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, now you were at KMPS, and then you took a brief... Uh, time out, and then you go to a little station in Fife? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we called it the Cowboy and played. Uh, my wife was the manager, and I was PD, and and we just had a... Well, first of all, the, I, I left KMPS the first time. Um, I, I left KMPS the first time and went to a, another country station in town. They gave me a chance to do a something I always wanted to do, a Sunday show where I interviewed stars about their life and their faith. And uh, and really, really, really loved doing it. But then that was called uh, Kicking Country, and KMPS uh, bought Kicking Country <laughs> right after I'd been there for about a year. Oh. And they talked to me about coming back to KMPS, but it just didn't seem right. And I wanted to do this little funky station in Fife. So we, yeah, we had a, a just a fun run uh, with some crazy owners. They ended up in jail, and, and it was just the weirdest. Uh, but still, I wouldn't have trade. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I was actually on that station for a brief moment in time. <laughs> really? Yes, I was. Uh, a friend of mine, Bo, and myself, and uh, Ty, would, we were there for a real short time right before it closed down. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I don't know if we want that on our resume, but still, it was a great experience, and probably for you, too. Yeah, exactly. It's not one that you share on your resume, but it was fun being there while it lasted. <laughs> exactly. So now the uh, December eighteenth was your last day on K- uh, KMPS, and tell us how that went down for you. Was that pretty emotional, or were you uh, you were okay with that? How, how was that feeling for you? Yeah, it was really pretty good. I'm not a I'm not a big sentimental kind of guy, um, but I mean I, I love the I love the response from the audience. And s- since then, being a Facebook guy, uh, as you guys are probably dial in and all that it's it's really amazing i mean i've left places before but but uh but to have feedback from people that really appreciated you is really really amazingly heartwarming so maybe the heartwarming has has happened since then you know what i mean where people really appreciate you and get kind of attached to you so you're you're really come away pretty flattered about the whole thing but uh the only emotion involved was probably saying goodbye to the people that i was working with Yes. You know, Randy and Stephen Kilbreth, because uh, especially Randy, I've been there for so long with him, and I just I love him to death. And so, uh, but I I uh, I don't think there was any open, you know, uh, I didn't openly weep or, or do anything. But it was uh, I think uh, I think it was good. I, th- I think it was a shock to the audience because it was even a shock to Scallops and I because it came uh, pretty fast. We just couldn't come to agreement on. Uh, well, let me give you a little insight, Skinny. You guys probably know it, but there's a new rating service in town called uh, PPM, which stands for, uh, let me remember, Portable <laughs> People Meter. Right. Okay, that replaced the old system, and it kind of put stations in. Actually, I coined a, a term, 
stations that went into, uh, uh, in regard to the PPM, they, they, they got PPMS is what they ended up getting <laughs> and kind of freak it out about it a little oh, bit. Oh, and, and, so, and, 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 you know, a, a new change of uh, stations starting rated differently. And so I think that's sent a little angst all the way through the industry. And I think uh, they, they, they wanted a different approach. Uh, mornings, and I can sure appreciate that. And they talked to me about doing it, but I said, you know, I don't seem like I'm, I'm the guy to, to to be that. So we parted amicably, and here I am uh, uh, sitting in the rain in Hawaii. Is it raining there? Yeah, but, dude, it's so warm. Yes, it's like a, it's like a shower. <laughs> there well, you go. It... A nice, warm, wet rain. I'm sitting out in it right now at a picnic table. <laughs> well, we really appreciate uh, your dedication to our program, Mick. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, it's true. What you're saying is true about the the PPM. It really turned a lot of stations on their ear because before it was all Arbitron ratings. And uh, when that thing came out, they even had an article in the paper about how it really flipped a lot of stations um, there where they stood in the ratings. And all of a sudden, you know, like uh, Warm 106 was number one and uh, the, the, like, KISW had dropped and everyone was freaking out. I, I was wondering what the fallout was that what was going to be with that. Yeah, well, I, I imagine if you know you're at the top of the game, you're loving it. This is the greatest rating service ever. Right. If you suck. You're thinking, boy, this is terrible for the industry. So <laughs> you know, it depends on who you talk to. Well, what I, I was wondering if, uh, and we've talked to like John Maynard and uh, Marty Reamer and some of the other. Uh, legends around uh, here at our here on our podcast we think uh we're not too fond of corporate radio not not that we love the personalities that are out there and we think you know because you hearken back to the kjr days and um you know like the when when the x was going and so and a lot of personality driven radio is what we miss so what we were wondering if uh like you know, like you and Reamer and uh, Maynard and, uh, I don't know, uh, Lockwood, some of those guys. Why don't you guys ask for donations, put together a station you guys get on, you'd be number one in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, I love your 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 confidence. Put, put the, are you talking about a radio or, or maybe like an Internet thing or something like that? Either one. I mean, uh, yeah, it could be an Internet radio show or, or let's let's find a local frequency that we could get you guys on. And sure. Well, that sounds like that sounds like your guys calling, and you guys invite us to do it. I got to tell you, <laughs> and you, this is not new news to you, Jocks. We're kind of vagabondy, transient, funny guys. I mean, even yes. though I was at one radio station for a total of what was it? I, I, I've forgotten. Uh, with a little time off to go to five. Twenty it, years. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty amazing. But that we're is... sort of like kind of hired guns, and we don't really take care of our finances really well. <laughs> so you hopefully marry the right woman. What I'm saying is, talent, they're funny people. I, I love them. Uh, I love me. But but I think you also need different minds putting something like that together, but not jocks. It, well, just being Northwest Radio Junkies, uh, it, it, that would be like an all-star uh, station. I just can't imagine it wouldn't draw huge numbers. Because, I mean, well, your yeah, personality and you lock on some of these other guys' personalities, we need something like that again. It's gotten so watered down, and they've really gone to paying uh, less talented people, less money to come in, and it's the same song over and over. And we really miss the days when you guys got to do your thing, because that, that for us, was radio. 
Well, well, in all honesty, that's why I'm uh, not doing a gig right now because yeah. it, it just, you know, you you got to be, you know, yes, it's it's it's, it's great to be able to make a living for your family and all those things are really important, but I, I always love the scripture, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added unto you. I've never been one to pursue the dollar. I've just tried to do what I felt was fun and, and right and, uh, and you know, honoring, but but uh, so so I I agree with you. Were you just beeped or was that me? No, I think that was you. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. Uh, where was I? Any significant point or was I blathering? <laughs> No, you were talking about uh, seeking first the uh, the kingdom of God, oh, yeah, and then yeah. the, the, the well, things will follow. Be if I didn't get a little scripture, sure. The we... the, uh, the the idea that that yeah, it, it, things. I think things are cyclical. I I, I I believe this will probably change in a few years, and people go, "Hey, we kind of miss this and that," and you know. Uh, but I, I I'm with you. you. You think things are moving forward, and sometimes they take a couple steps back and. I would have and, to, uh, you know, whatever you press on. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Well, um, and not to be too personal, but are you officially retired? Are you in the market? Are you actively pursuing anything, or are you going to be waiting to see if something comes your way? Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, I'm. I don't. I'm not retired. Scallops and I and my wife, we, we're calling it reloading it rather than retirement. And I think I, I, I forget who said that. Maybe it was Sarah Palin that used the term, or maybe her dad said it about her. But I like the I like the term. But but no, we're not. I mean, I don't I don't know where we'll end up. Maybe we'll be baristas. But I'm I'm not. Uh, uh, you know, no, I'm I'm not joking. I've always loved that idea of a gig, just being personal with people. You know, you you're who you are, whether you're behind the mic or selling sure. shoes or, or or you know, giving them a cup of coffee. But but I I, I would miss. I think I would miss the air. I, I would. I think I would like to do it again. Yeah. Oh, great! Because we we want. We want you back on the radio. We really do. Well, you're wow. You're way kind. So put something together, dude. I'll I'll be there for you. We will do that. Um, let me ask you a question. A couple quick questions about um, your time in radio. Of all the program directors, and I know you've had gone through quite a few. I've gone through quite a few. What were some of the? Who was the best or the worst or like the most craziest? What was like the most crazy time you had with a program director? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well. Jay Albright, that was an interesting program director because he was uh, passionate about what he did and took a little break from the industry, and then I worked with him again as a woman. So that immediately came to mind as probably the most interesting. Right. Did you follow that? I did, yes. Yeah, okay. So, so, <laughs> so I mean, wow. That I mean, you know, you just don't expect that, you no. know, and... Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of program directors, they either—I mean, I've had I've had all hands off and ones who were really hands on. Uh, you know, yeah. who, who were—you know—they would come in in the middle of a break and say, "You know, I could sell ad space between your pauses." And then other times, they didn't even know if you'd been on the air or not. Yeah, but did you ever have a guy become a woman? <laughs> well, uh, not as a program director. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that was a surprise. And Jay, and now now he spells uh, his. Jay spells, and by the way, I love Jay, so don't get me wrong. Sure. Jay spells her name, now that he's a she, with an E, so it's all good. So did you see the transformation? Uh, was it like a, or did just one day walk in and new program director, same program director? So <laughs> Jay started to grow his, her hair. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably too much to talk about it, and Jay would, 
we, we joke about it. You know, it takes a while to, do you remember which bathroom to go into? Don't forget it. And then he's got to learn how to button this button. It was just, it was a funny, I mean, that's the first story that came to mind. That, that, yeah. <laughs> that is, that, that is, that would be an amazing thing. It would be hard, be hard to uh, keep a straight face on that one. Yeah, so I'm sorry, that's the top of the list. And yeah, God bless it. that's hard to beat right there. Well, um, uh, my big Joe, who can't be here right now, he's uh, he's sick with the flu. He wanted me to ask you this question: Do you prefer being called Ick, Icky, or Ichabod? I, I love Icky. It's 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 sort of my Hawaiian name too. It does fit over there. Yeah, yeah it just kind of does. Icky, eh? what's happening, bro? Yeah, well, aloha, Icky. Yeah. And uh, when you were at the the mighty KJR, um, what was that like? Because that that was truly a classic moment in seattle you know broadcasting radio station history you were part of it it will go down as one of the legendary stations of all time and, yeah, and that's why i wanted to work there it, it was it was amazing I mean, that i guess just what how you said it well it, just the history of that place and uh i remember my first day on the air actually my first day on the air was a freak out man i i was always a little paranoid about uh, flying and i didn't like heights and the, my first job was to fly over, and we're doing, uh, they used to do weekends at the, at the Space Needle. So yes. my first gig was, I, I had to get on a plane, come from Spokane to Seattle, and then go up in the Space Needle and do a show. I don't even remember doing it. <laughs> but, but, but in the process, conquered a couple of fears. But, but it was a, yeah, you're right, it was a legendary station. Um, it was also, for me personally, a little bit of boot camp, because, uh, because... <laughs> You know, radio, I mean, it, it was the place I always wanted to work at. It was the worst place to work at and the best place. It's like the tale of two cities uh, also because uh, it, it's it's not all, it's, <laughs> once you get what you've always wanted, you realize, huh, wow, really? So <laughs> the, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not the least bit bitter about anything. I, I love the experience, but, but it is funny. I remember one of the first experiences was, do you have to go on the radio and, and, and say that you're married and that you have a chihuahua? <laughs> I do have a chihuahua, and I am married. Can't you pretend you're not married and, and have a great Dane? I, I'll never forget that conversation. <laughs> Is that because they wanted the chicks to dig you and tune in? They wanted the what? Is that the, they wanted the chicks to like you and tune in? Well, I, I guess so. I said, you know, dude, it's all right. I got the chicks. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, uh, another uh, something we like to ask the broadcasting, uh, our legends, and Ichabod Kane is certainly a broadcasting legend by any standard. Um, on air, there's got to be a moment where you uh, had an embarrassing moment, a meltdown, something that things weren't going right, you weren't sure how to get out of. Can you tell us about a moment like that? Well, one comes to mind when I was in Spokane and I was working, uh... <laughs> I was working... I don't remember what shift it was, but Charlie Brown um, was also working. And I think, I don't remember who, but we had a snake. I mean, the hugest thing ever. And Charlie Brown used to hate snakes. And I don't know <laughs> if we got it from a zoo or, or, or what, but we let it climb up the control panel, uh, the control board, when Charlie was on the air. <laughs> And and I'm trying to remember how much of this story I'm 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 I can't remember. You know when you start telling a story, you can't tell if 
if half of it's true, and at what point, you know what I mean? Right, because... <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not fabricating, but I mean, it's just like, okay, now wait a minute. Did this really happen? Yeah, there was a snake, and this thing slithered onto the control board, and I've never seen... I think Charlie just freaked about... Well, anybody would be freaked if it was a snake, but Charlie just freaked out. I mean freaked. And it, the, the snake even shut the mic off, so there was a long time when no one heard anything, which <laughs> probably, to, was, uh, probably was good. Was, I, I don't remember who was involved in this, but that was a disappointment to us. We kind of hoped to have a, you know, the classic check of Charlie having a meltdown, but since <laughs> the snake shut the mic off, we, we don't have it. But trust me, he, he did freak. Oh, I, I can only imagine. It's probably a good thing the mic was off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I probably was best. Good point. <laughs> okay, well, Ichabod, we really appreciate you taking time out of your uh, your fine Hawaiian vacation. It's uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you, and and I hope we can touch bases again sometime. And especially if you land a spot, we'd love to uh, we'd love to hear about that. Uh, before... Well, would you get get together on that plan you have and uh, and uh, hire us. You know what? We may work on that. There you go, buddy. Well, let's uh, before we let you go, we want to do the uh, big, the Big Ten. We have to do the Big Ten. It's a favorite of all of our listeners. We're going to find out a little bit about you. Are you ready for the Big Ten? I'm, hey, bring it on. Okay. Ichabod Kane, what is your favorite food? My favorite food? I'm going to say right now because I just had a mochi. A mo- well, play, exp- explain to us what that is. It's, it's like a Hawaiian food. I, I, I couldn't stand it the first time I had it. I, you could probably use it as spackle also, but if you wrap it in a little bit of ice cream, you can buy it wrapped in ice cream. Mochi, it's, it's fabulous. It's some sort of an Asian uh, um, uh, sweet treat. That, right now, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Well, when I get to Hawaii, I will look that up for sure. Yes, have, have mochi, dude. Mochi, I'm going to write that down. Okay, Ichabod, what, kind of, what car are you driving these days? I'm driving a uh, Toyota FJ. Very that good. That's when I, I, you know, I actually you know, was doing commercials for them and stuff, and I love them. That's Toyota right. Puyallo. There you go. Ding. That's a nice plug right there. There you go. Uh, Ichabod, what is your favorite team or athlete? My favorite team or athlete? Uh, my, my son used to play uh, at the University of Hawaii, and that will forever go down in history as my favorite team. Even though he really never got off the bench, but to quote him, he got, you know, come on, free shoes and a great place to watch a game from. Um, <laughs> and, and what was the other one? My favorite athlete. Athlete. Man. Uh, uh, um, I. Athlete. Maybe your son. <laughs> Could be your son. Uh, yeah, there we go. Perfect. There you, you know what? I will. I'll give it to my son. He, he's incredible. He can, uh, he's, he's incredible with the round ball and, uh, Works at LA Fitness in Ballard. Here's the second plug. Uh, go there and uh, sign up. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Ichabod. What was your first paying job? My first paying job. Uh, I was a uh, the Port Townsend, the Crown Zellerback Pulp Mill in Port Townsend, <laughs> skinning pulp off a off a machine. And then uh, I think the, the point when I uh, also. What are those little things you drive? Forklift, right? And I, I, I dumped over one of those. They, they, now I knew I was not destined for that kind of work. <laughs> and look how far it's, <laughs> look how far it brought you. Bye, yes. And uh, Ichabod, what would be your favorite tool to work with? My favorite tool? Correct. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't do. I don't do uh, tools very well. Although. I, I do have a screwdriver that's attached to it. Is all the little different, uh, you know, it's got the Phillips and the little thing. It's, it's, it's sort of, 
inside the little uh, the handle of it. Yeah. And I suppose that's probably the one that I I would use the most. The multi tool. Uh, who? The multi tool. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's a screwdriver, but it's just a different, you know, the Phillips, the whatever. It's right. Just, okay, very good. Yeah, that although, works. Although, although I, wait a minute, I have a Leatherman. I have a Leatherman in, in my car that I haven't <laughs> really used, but I like the Leatherman. I got that for Christmas. I, I, love, I love it. I don't use it, but I love it. Well, there you go. Uh, what's the fir- What was the first album you ever bought? A Beatles Abbey Road. Nice. Good choice. Can't miss with that. Uh, for you right now, if you have time to watch TV, what's a can't-miss TV show for you? Office and Lost. Oh, very good. Uh, and the PBR, I like uh, the professional bowl writers. Really? Very nice. Yeah, I think all of that in that order. And what would be the last movie you saw? Uh, it's complicated. Completely hilarious movie. Okay, we'll write that. I like trick movies. <laughs> no, that, 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 that's bigger. That's bigger than a chick movie. Seriously, you guys would love it. Okay, we'll check that out. I have not seen that yet. The last one I saw was Sherlock Holmes. I recommend that one too. Oh, I've heard that's good. Uh, what was the last concert you attended? <laughs> I gotta think. I think it was the Scallops tonight. To come? Oh no, 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 no. I was because I mean I I was I emceed tons of concerts. You know, Rascal Flatts and all that. Sure. So, but the one that came to mind was just Gallus and I going to see Paul McCartney. Uh, but that was moons ago in the Tacoma Dome, just because it was such a romantic, fun evening. But uh, but no, I've, I've gone to uh, I can't remember the last one I did because you know you MC so many of them. But I think I think probably Rascal Flatts. Yeah, Tacoma oh, Dome. Very good. And your favorite drink? I assume you're having one right now. My favorite drink. Well. I've, entered, I've got something new going on because I'm kind of doing the fitness thing, you know, so I'm drinking a lot of water. But you know those little crystal lights? Uh, they look like little straws full of uh, stuff, not straws, or what am I, the little packets of yes. crystal light? Yeah. You dump it, in the, dump it in the water, and it's like, it's like I don't know. I don't, it's fabulous. It, it makes water, you know, taste like a, a fruit drink. That's right. But, but it's like great for you, so I'm going with crystal light, bro. We call that Kool-Aid for adults. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's it. Uh, okay, and the last of the Big Ten, what is your favorite place in the Northwest? My favorite place in the Northwest, sitting in, we call it the rain room. My wife uh, kind of designed our, uh, well, we, we bought the home, I don't know, 35 years ago or something, and she designed uh, what we call it our rain room. It's sort of looks like a little gazebo that's stuck to the side of the house, and I like going out, sitting there with, uh, you know, there with her, uh, drinking our uh our, our coffee with uh, hazelnut, you know, in it, and uh, looking at our view. Now, are you uh, you're in, you live in West Seattle? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a great spot, great, great part of the town. Okay, yeah, we love it, Ichabod. Thank you so much for coming on with us. We really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you. And I, I'm sure we're going to hear you on the radio here soon. Enjoy your well, Hawaiian, you guys. Yeah, enjoy your Hawaiian uh, vacation, and thank you for taking time out with us. Don't be a stranger. We'd love to talk to you again sometime. Love to. Mahalo, my brothers. All right. Thank you, Ichabod. We enjoyed it. So, Ichabod, man, I mean, that was really nice of him to call in from Hawaii and check in with us. And <laughs> Joe, I know... Sitting out in the pouring down rain, too. Sit, sitting out in the pouring down rain like a, like a warm shower. And wow. Eating some kind of ice cream with something in it, that uh, some kind of delicatessen thing that he liked. But uh, he had some great stories. And, Joe, now I know you... I actually missed the interview, but you got to listen to it. You got to hear the one about the station, his his favorite station manager. 
Oh, okay, great. Yeah, that was that, that was an amazing story. Yeah, but he also went to the same broadcasting schools as you did, Joe. Yeah. He did. He's he's a, he's a Bailey uh, graduate. He actually testified when they went to court. <laughs> See, well, they couldn't find me, <laughs> but I would have been happy to. Yeah. Well, Ichabod came, and I hope we can catch up with him again. And I know he's going to land somewhere. He he's just, like he said, they're reloading. He and Scallops, and uh, we really appreciated them uh, checking in. Well, you know, it's we're, this is what I call like the dog days of winter. This is the crappy time of winter. The holidays are over. It's gray and rainy every day. It's typical Northwest crap, and it's dark in the morning. It's dark again by three thirty. And for me, there's, you know, TV shows, a lot of them are in reruns and stuff, and it's a great time to start reading your books. I got a whole pile of them. I got a stack of them that I'm trying to get to. And right now is when a lot of authors are putting out their brand new books for the year. One of those guys is Tim Dorsey, and this is a guy, a Florida author, one of my all-time favorites. And he has a character named Serge, with, along with his uh, cohort Coleman and Lenny, and they wreak mayhem all over Florida. And I highly recommend all of Tim Dorsey's books. And, Joe, you and I talked to him. Oh, yeah, great guy. Yeah, and uh, he checked in with us. His book is coming on sale this week. I will be first in line to get it. We talked to him about it. It's called Gator A Go-Go. This is Tim Dorsey. Okay, on the Northwest Convergence Zone today, we have a very special guest. This guy is coming to us from Tampa, Florida. He is the author of 11 books, all of them which happen to be on the top of my to-read list. I've read most of them, some of them twice. He's got a new book coming out on the 26th of January. That is called Gator A Go-Go. He is the author of such books as Nuclear Jellyfish, Atomic Lobster, uh, Hurricane Punch, all the way back to Florida Roadkill. One of my favorite authors, Tim Dorsey. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. How's things in Florida? What's the weather like down there for you? Well, it finally, I mean, it was still sweltering, uh, but it, it finally, uh, uh, we got a little uh, cool breeze this afternoon, but it was still hot as of this morning. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we're just sweating, you know, still wearing shorts and everything. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> for us up here, we've been, uh, we've been having to take boats to work and stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, you can literally, it can be, you can be freezing Christmas Day and then the next day you can, you know, get, get a sunburn and, you know, be out and just, be, you know, pouring perspiration. Well, you are the author of some of my favorite books. I actually saw you the last time you were here in Seattle. Actually, it was in Bothell at Third Place Books. And uh, I got turned on to you all the way back with Florida Roadkill. And um, we're just curious about your uh, main character, Serge A. Storms. What can you tell us about this guy? Well, um, as you probably intimately know, um, he's a uh, he's a serial killer, but you know, <laughs> he's, he's lovable. Uh, and uh, I often get, you know, when I'm addressing audiences that aren't familiar with me, uh, you know, they're, you know, how can he be lovable? How can we, you know, we could never root for somebody like that. And the, and the, the point is that he just, he only kills the jerks, you know, in society, the way, you know, you know, the, the rules of courtesy and civility are, uh, you know, degrading as we as we go forward in this country. He uh, he's trying to write things, and uh, of course, since he lives in Florida, uh, you know, he's pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> he he kind of plays the Avenger role. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's the guardian angel, so to speak. He really, 
his big thing is if he comes across some underdog that uh, can't stick up for himself and is being preyed upon and uh, you know and uh, of course he, he definitely steps in now did you come up with this idea based on I noticed you did a lot of um, when you were doing newspaper reporting you did political reporting and um, uh, reporting about cor- the courts and the and police activity and er- everything was this sort of uh, this is like an exercise of you know some of the injustices you saw yes as a, as a matter of fact uh, when I uh, when I decided I really wasn't even going to do you know the crime books I was just going to do sort of these picaresque you know wanderlust travelogues and have these crazy guys roaming Florida but um, I you know I just couldn't you know, have a plot that would hang together and so um I decided to go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, do, you know, the crime mystery genre um, because I, I figured, well, you know, it's right in front of my nose every day at the newspaper. I, <laughs> I have, you know, I had probably about 16 years built up of, you know, experiences and, uh, and they still haven't run out. Uh, but uh, uh, that was the thing is when I needed to come up with uh, Surge, you know, killing somebody off, um, you know, I tried to think, well, who, who does he need to bump off and... And also to get inspiration to do it, um, I would just kind of think, you know, you because know, reporters get thousands of stories, and you know, and very little, you know, uh, you know, will really raise an eyebrow after a while. But among all of those, if if there are some memorable ones, um, you know, that spark your sense of outrage, well, they're they're quite special. <laughs> and so those are those are mainly my uh, you know my villains that I have him bump off. <laughs> oh well, I love that, and I'm just curious what when you're researching your book, uh, because if you haven't read one of these books, they're actually like filled with Florida facts that are just uh, amazing things that you would not find in any kind of Florida travel log. When you're doing your research, do you actually go out on the road and check these places out? Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I'm between research trips right now. I'm starting a. I'm starting another book, and uh, and that's that's where each book starts. I actually, uh, you know, I don't think of a plot or, or you know what what's going to happen. I think of you know maybe a location or a time frame, you know, in Florida uh, that, that particularly fascinates me from my reading, you know, over the past year or whatever happens. You know, like for example, one of the books um, I w- I became fascinated with with early uh, the, the first wave of Miami Beach's popularity, not the new South Beach. And so I went back and I went to all the old haunts uh, and, uh, you know, tracked down a lot of the places, you know, where Desi Arnaz played and where Jake LaMotta's lounge was. And, you know, I found what was the gym where Cassius Clay was training with Angela Dundee in the early 60s. And, wow. And, uh, you know, and where the Beatles played. They, people, a lot of people don't know they played uh, one week after their first Ed Sullivan show. They played a second Sullivan show. Uh, from Miami Beach, right, and uh, and I stayed in uh, I stayed in Paul and Ringo's room. Nice, and that was a that was a heck of a, a private eye uh, exercise to to find it because the, the hotel didn't know. I had to, I had to study. Uh, I got some old out of print uh, VHS tapes of their first uh, 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 visit here, yeah, behind the scenes type stuff, and I uh, I had to study it. You know, like there's a Bruder film. To see different angles of the room and, and, and exterior shots, and I was able to. Uh, we went to the hotel and we checked in, and then from there we uh, we, we basically just roamed around until we finally found the right room, and then we changed rooms. <laughs> so, so they didn't have a plaque in the room or anything. They didn't have no. They, 
Well, and, and, and not that this is an unusual or even unreasonable reaction, but when I was trying to ask about it, uh, they looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, there's a lot of these places, no plaques, and that's, probably, that's one of the things with bug surge. Yeah, obviously uh, not the music fans there. Well, I had a quick question for you, Tim. Uh, with uh, 11 books... I was wondering if uh, you've developed or you uh, uh, have in the works or if you've considered uh, perhaps a uh, screenplay and uh, bringing uh, Serge and uh, Coleman to the uh, silver screen or if you've uh, been approached to do that by Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've considered it for years. I just you know, can't convince anyone. No, no. <laughs> um, well, actually, it, it was quite a few years, and I wanted uh, something like that to come along. Uh, but, but finally, uh, we, we sold the option again uh, for, uh, for the series. Um, uh, it was for, for the fourth time, uh, literally about a month or so ago, when one studio renewed the option. So if they're, they're trying to put together a package, but you know that's you know Hollywood. It takes forever, and who knows if it'll ever come to pass. Well, hopefully it will, because I would really uh, love to see that. I think that would just be uh, excellent. I mean, I could almost uh, envision the uh, the whole franchise, uh, all of James Bond, almost with this. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, hey, <laughs> you know, you don't have to. Uh, you can preach in the choir. I, mean, <laughs> I would love to. Uh, I'd love to see it, but uh, you know, you, you never know. I mean, I, I feel pretty lucky as it is. Just, I mean, I never thought I, I never thought I'd get this stuff published. I mean, when I first cooked this stuff up in my head, it was like just to have a blast writing, you know, and, and, which was kind of the breakthrough, I guess, because before I was trying to write a book and I was intimidated by the process, and I was frankly overwriting. I mean, it was just bad writing because it was, I was pushing too hard. And then when I decided to just you know kick back and, and write for my own pleasure uh, and my own amusement. Um, and then that's when uh, that's when the first book uh, took shape. Great. Well, if uh, let's say they make a movie out of, and we hopefully they they make movies. Who do you envision, or who would you envision seeing play Serge Coleman, or if you put Lenny in there, or any of the characters? Would you play in there? Well, who I envision, uh, frankly, the, the way that you know all the tension and the and the near misses with you know what I hear about the contract negotiations at this point would be like just the first person to you know sign on the dotted line. Because, <laughs> <laughs> just just get it made and stop the suspense. It's killing me. But uh, now uh, uh, I would just uh, I mean I would just be so flattered to see it uh, see it made. And I would definitely demand a. Uh, an Alfred Hitchcock style cameo, you know, just some kind of a walkthrough in the background or something. Yes, that'd be cool. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the new book, Gator A Go Go. Uh, what do we have in store with this new uh, edition of The Surge Madness? Well, uh, for those familiar with the books, um, you know, it, it's usually hard to describe them because, you know, how do you describe the plot of any of these? Or so you, true. You know, you know, <laughs> you'd almost have to, like, write a book-length description to you know, describe the book. But uh, in this case, it's real easy. Surgeon Coleman do spring break. <laughs> right? And, 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 I, and when I turned it in, my editor said, you know, he wrote <laughs> He, he read the, uh, he, he got the concept right away, and he, he called me, and he goes, you know, what took you so long? This is such a natural. You know? I said, well, you know, this one's almost like stealing money, because it was, you know, it wrote itself. That's great. And so this is coming out on the 26th of January, is that correct? That's the due date? That's correct. It comes out January 26th, and then I'm going to be uh, doing a uh, uh, 
the one of those marathon book tours that uh, that uh, you know I've been known for. Um, probably <laughs> going to be around sixty-five, seventy stops. Are you coming back through Seattle? Uh, they haven't given me the uh, the national list yet. Okay, well, we'll Florida list down, but uh, I've done, but I've, I've been up there a number of times, and uh, you know, I've done the, the the Seattle Mystery Store downtown and, and third place books, and uh, um, one thing that uh, that I recall, uh, and I think this was back on the, uh, I think I've been up there about four four times or more, but uh, I was up there for. Uh, for, for that one tour, and what they did was, um, you know, because of a surgeon has his travel, his offbeat, and which is actually a demented travel service, you know, Surge's Florida experience. <laughs> what the Seattle Mystery Store did was they uh, they sold tickets and they rented a van and they printed up T-shirts, Surge's Seattle experience. And after the book signing, we all got in the van and went on. <laughs> and they also bought, you know, these magnetic, you know, you know, bullet holes that you can stick down. <laughs> they did all that. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a, oh, yeah. man, I'm so, all out, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, can we ask, uh, for a lot of people up here who may not know you, what can you tell uh, our listeners about Tim Dorsey? Who is Tim Dorsey, and uh, how did you get to the point where you're on your 11th book? Uh, well, um, I grew up in Florida. I mean, I'm virtually a lifelong resident, even though I went to college out of state. <clears throat> and I, uh, I worked for the Tampa Tribune uh, for, that was the end of my journalism career, the last stop, uh, was I, you know, worked my way around papers. So I was there about 12 years, and uh, and that's where I got mainly most of the material. And uh, uh, I was just always kind of working on a book. And, uh, and fi- but finally when I clicked with the main character and the type of plot, you know, all of, it was about a decade of failed attempts or aborted, you know, versions. Um, but once that clicked, all that other stuff came flowing, and I had I had a first draft in about two months, and uh, that was in uh, that was back ninety seven ninety eight. I wrote the first one, and it came out in ninety nine. And of course, I promptly uh, ran from the newsroom. I quit not, not the day it was released, and uh, you know, and from there. Um, a book a year, and uh, I've been just, just working on it, and uh, and it's uh, you know it's knock on wood, you know people are still buying them. So uh, Tim, uh, according to your bio, that uh, you started writing full time in uh, 1999. So as a, a, a political reporter, then I guess you missed out on the old uh, the Florida 2000 Bush Gore debacle. Well, I, I did and I didn't. I mean, <laughs> um, I, I, I followed it intently, uh, uh, and I, I was writing, believe it or not, um, if you know the book Orange Crush, that was a satire about a Florida election, and I finished that. I turned it in um, in January of 2000, which, if you know, and it takes them a year to process the book. So as 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 it unfolded later in the year, you know, they were, you know, in the late stages of editing and production and, and you know, of course, you know, they gave it back to me. They said, we wouldn't do this normally, but, you know, this is, this is just uncanny timing. So, you know, and so as it's going along, I'm updating the final chapters of, you know, this election spoof, uh, you know, to, uh, you, know, re- you know, reflect and, and have references to what was, you know, happening in real time. Which, that's one of the problems with Florida because, you know, 
you want to write these books, you want them to be, you know, in order to be entertaining, and you, you've got to be a little more exciting and thrilling than, than reality, but you can't go too far ahead of reality, or it just, you know, you have to remain credible. But, you know, as often happens, you know, you just can't wait for the books to be published because in Florida, reality keeps leapfrogging it. <laughs> like, for example, I was, uh, you know, in, the, in the, my latest book, Nuclear Jellyfish, um, you know, I had that out. And, of course, uh, you know, Serge travels around. He loves the space program and the Space Coast. And, uh, and uh, you know, in one of the, you know, I, I, one of the last drafts I had... Uh, Suddenly, uh, you know, there's this news story about, uh, you know, this female astronaut driving all night from Houston, you know. <laughs> right. So, and I mean, if, and if, if I had written that in one of my books, you know, people would just thrown in the trash. You know, but now, since it really happened, it's like <laughs> it, it trumped what I already had, you know, ready to come out. So I had to, uh, you know, re- rewrite it, and I had Serge have a crush on her. So. <laughs> Cut it. Yeah, the, the old reality being stranger than fiction. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. People... A lot of people say, "Yeah, you know, you really captured Florida. You know, it was, you know, it was only, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, it was an exaggeration, but you know, not too much of an exaggeration." I'm like, "No, it's dead on. I mean, <laughs> I'm always in danger of uh, of, of underdoing uh, what's really out there." You know, another thing that I really uh, enjoy about your books is, uh, and as far as it seems to really capture kind of a '60s, '70s, uh, maybe essence about Florida, is the illustrations on your. Cover. I think they're really uh, vibrant and, and extremely cool. And I was wondering, uh, who does the illustrations? And uh, it just kind of brings to mind the the flamingos in the yard and and kind of that a uh, little bit of that tourist feel of uh, Florida. And I was wondering who uh, who does those for you? Yeah, yeah. The best thing I can do is just stay out of the way. Um, those are all done by the graphics art uh, arts department up in uh, New York for HarperCollins Publishers. They're great. I, I really they like they them. They do a superb job. And also, I noticed on iTunes you have Serge's uh, uh, playlist. Yes, yeah, Serge. Every every trip, he's got to have a soundtrack, so he comes up with relevant tunes, you know, that that are appropriate for whatever the setting is or whatever the action and the plot that's going on. You know, he loves to, you know, especially he especially loves to, uh, you know, play some music for somebody he's about to, uh, you know, off for for their their uh, misdeeds. Um, but uh, but yeah, and and that was a uh, that was actually part of the the marketing department up there. They said, you know, you need to. Uh, you actually need to, you know, they've been following the books and seeing, you know, his, his love for, for a variety of music. You know, so you're going to need to do one of these, uh, uh, you know, uh, soundtrack lists for iTunes so that people can, you know, put together a soundtrack for each book, which I think is a really fascinating idea. I would never come up with it, but uh, but so, so now people are actually doing that. They're going on, and uh, I guess with the book, they're, they're, they're buying the, the various uh, tunes that uh, comprise the soundtrack. Yeah, very cool. I know I've checked it out several times. I already had all the songs, but it was just interesting to see the mix. Well, Tim Dorsey, before we let you go, we have to ask you what we call the Big Ten. These are ten one-word or one-sentence answer to these questions. Are you ready for the Big Ten? Uh, Number one, your favorite food? Pizza. Uh, What car do you drive? Cadillac. Favorite team? Tampa Bay Rays. Uh Oh, favorite color? Green. 
No blue. No, <laughs> no money python. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, your favorite band, singer, or musician? Well, you have to default and say the Beatles. Absolutely. That's my default. <laughs> For you, Tim Dorsey, can't miss TV show right now. Uh, I, I can miss any of them. Um, <laughs> but before it was The Sopranos. Oh, nice. Uh, the last movie you saw? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. The last concert you attended? Leonard Skinner. Yes. Your favorite drink? Uh, probably, uh, uh, probably, um, Diplomatico Rum. Oh, nice. And, uh, last of the Big Tens, what is your favorite tool? Tool? Uh, one of the multi-tools. Surge loves a multi-tool, which has like 49 different tools (laughs) combined. And, and you know, it's one of those, like, transformers that unfolds into, you know, this amazing contraption. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, uh, would you like to uh, let us know where we can find you right now? I know there's timdorsey.com. That's an amazing website that everybody should check out. And you'll also be on a national tour. Anything else you want to let us know? That's it, the website, and then there's, there's no space there, or you can, you know, just timdorsey.com, or you can do a, a you know, a web search for me, and, and you'll, you'll find it, and I have, I have an email button on there, and I have all of the various Surge merchandise. You got a great, the store's great. Story sell stuff and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's a great store. You got some really cool stuff. Yeah, I already have the hat, the shirt, and the autograph book, so I'm set. <laughs> yeah, you got the whole kit. I got the whole kit. Hey, Tim, I want to thank you so much for your time today, and don't be a stranger to our show. Anytime you uh, want to talk to us or you have anything to push, you let us know. You're one of our favorite authors, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Oh, well, I'm honored that you asked me. I really appreciate the support. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tim. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, Tim. All right. Hey, have a good one. You too. You too. And Tim Dorsey, again, I highly recommend his book. It's a He is super funny he's off the wall it's a great read it takes you to i mean this one's about spring break so it's sunny and as you know as i said as we're sitting around in north in the northwest and it's gray and rainy and crappy you want a little mental escape i highly recommend any of his books and especially the new one gator go go and um so it's been a packed show folks and we really appreciate you guys uh, you know tuning in each week we want to thank big wheel stunt show we want to thank Ichabod. We want to thank Tim Dorsey. Uh, Double D, got anything to add? Just want to thank all the listeners. Yeah, we want to thank all the people who tune in and listen each week and tell your friends about it. Come to our website, www.nwconvergencezone.com. And Joe? Yes. Get better, my man. I will. I will be back on course and ready for action by next weekend, I promise. All right. Well, you take care of yourself, and uh, thank you for not coming in and spreading that virus. Yes, right. (laughs) Yeah, free masks for everyone. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week in another edition of the Northwest Convergence Zone, where all things come together. All right. Thank you.